this weekend, we're going to talk about your stupid mouth. Is that good? Or mine? Or whose ever it is. James chapter 3, we're going to get started in, in our lesson or our message tonight. And uh, we're in a series called Plain James, which we're walking through the book of James, and we're now at James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And James talks about the most unruly member of the body, the tongue. If you've ever wondered why sometimes you have a hard time speaking up or shutting up, it's because the tongue is the most unruly part of the body. If you've ever wondered why sometimes it's so hard to hold it in or to let it out, it's because the tongue is the most frustrating, unruly part of the body. Talk is cheap because supply always exceeds the demand. And for some reason, we have such a hard time with this. And James is speaking again to Christ followers who were in the first century, and, and they're realizing the power of this thing called the tongue. Now, in the Old Testament, a lot in the book of Job, there's a lot that's said about the tongue. It says that the tongue is called a scourge in Job chapter 5, verse 21. It's called a razor in Job chapter 52, verse 2. It's called a sharp sword in Job 57, verse 4. It's called an arrow in Jeremiah 57, 4. It's called destruction in Psalm 73, verse 9. It's called a cancer in 2 Timothy chapter, 6, chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the power of life and death, according to Proverbs 18.21, is found in this thing called the tongue. And James devotes an entire chapter almost to this thing called the tongue. And basically what he says is this, is that the tongue is the vehicle in life that controls you. Your tongue is the vehicle, I'm using that word, in life that controls you. My tongue is the vehicle in life that controls me. The one thing that runs everything in my world as far as as who I am, my tongue. And and, and he breaks down this vehicle. He breaks, if if the tongue were a car, I I know I'm a guy doing this lesson, and I went to the Milwaukee Auto Show this week, so that was a little bit of inspiration behind this message. But if the tongue were a car, there would be four major components. And he says here that the first component would be the dashboard. These were all the meters, all of the, the readouts, all the RPMs. All the gauges, everything's found. Chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it says this. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. Remember, he's talking to Christ followers in the first century. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone, he's being somewhat facetious by this statement, who is never at fault in what he says is perfect, knowing that that's not the case, they're able to keep their entire body or the whole body in check. You see, the tongue is the dashboard, it's the readout, it's the, it's the spiritual dashboard of your life. If you want to know where you are, you want to know where somebody is, you, you're dating someone and you want to know the level of spirituality, just let them talk for a while. You meet someone and you want to know how they are with Christ, just let them talk for a while. You, you, you want to find out where somebody is, just let them talk for a while because their mouth will begin to speak words that will let you know where they are in life. Where they are spiritually. It reads what's happening in the internal. The tongue, the Bible says, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And the tongue is a spiritual meter. If we can control it, the Bible says we can control our entire body. It becomes the gauge for our maturity. As a, Christ, as a, as a pastor, a lot of times I engage myself in conversations with people just to see where they're at. Just to see where they are in their journey. Just to see where, they're, where they are on their spiritual growth. Many times in my own life, if I can just be really honest... Um, my stupid mouth gets me in trouble, and I say too much again, 
And, uh, and, and in saying that, it shows my lack of spiritual maturity. See, that's the reason why he talks about in, in verse 1 when he says, anyone who wants to be a teacher, you need to understand you're going to be judged more strictly. Why? Because the power is in the tongue. What I do every single weekend in front of 900 to 1,000 people, I am teaching them the, the infallible, inspired, and inerrant word of God. And there are people that are listening to what I say. And they are taking sometimes lock, stock, and barrel. And they're listening to it and they're downloading it. And if I am not careful, if they are not careful, I have the ability by teaching the word of God to kind of go off into Aaron land and teach Aaron's ideology and Aaron's theology. I know you never heard a pastor do that before. And, and do that. And ultimately, I stand before God for that. And so what becomes very important is that every word that I speak on this platform and I speak as a pastor, I speak in a public setting, will be judged. When I stand before God, he will not just judge me on the life that I lived. Oh, yeah, I'll be judged for that. But I will be judged because I have been called to do what I'm doing. And how did I do my job? And I'm not judged with the growth of the organization, although there is a fruitfulness thing, which is a whole other story for a whole other day. But I'm going to be judged on how faithfully I um, took the word of God and I serve the seeker and I build the believer every weekend. The power of the tongue. The power of what I say. The power of what you say. It, it becomes this, this spiritual meter. And, and our faith can never register higher than our words. Remember that. Your faith will never supersede any higher than what your words do. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this in this chapter. But here's a question to ask you, for you to ask yourself. What do my words reveal about me? What do my words reveal about me? If my conversation is seasoned with sexual innuendos, what does that say about me and my walk with God? If my conversation is, is seasoned with, with cuss words and, and cursing, what does that say about my walk? If, 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 my, if, my, if my talk is seasoned with, with hope and with life, what does that say about me? If my, if my talk is seasoned with the purity of, of God's word, and what does that say about me? It says a whole lot. It reveals who and what I am. It's the dashboard. It, it tells me when I'm low in one area and when I'm, I'm, when I'm high in another. When I'm on pace in one area or when I've got the check engine light. And you may look at the dashboard. You may look at this thing of your life and go, whoa. Because remember, you're not judged on Sunday morning or Saturday night attendance. You're judged on how you live life Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night when you're with a client. And Thursday morning when you're taking kids to school and they're driving you nuts. You ever been there before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm filtering right now. Your words reveal a whole lot about you. As parents, our words reveal a whole lot about us. Whether we really believe this thing called the Bible or is it just something that we do on the weekends? How we teach and train our kids and, or how we don't teach and train our kids. What we say to our children, what we say about our situations, what we say about our circumstances, what we say to the people that we work with. If we have one set of talk for church people and another set of talk for work people, what does that say about me? James goes on to say that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. My tongue, my mouth is a spiritual dashboard of my life. It reveals more about my spirituality than any other thing that I do. James goes on to say that the second component of this vehicle called the tongue is there's this navigational system. And I don't know about you, but I love navigational systems. It's the direction of my life. 
Verse 3 and 4 and 5, he says this, We put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, so we can turn the entire animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they're, they're large and they're driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. And consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue determines the direction of your life. Your tongue, what you speak, determines the direction of your life. Now, you're going to think that I'm going Norman Vincent Peale on you. I'm not. Just hang on. It's what he says. Your tongue determines the direction of your life. Like a ship's rudder or a horse's bit, the tongue sets and guides the directions for our life. That's what James says. Like a spark on kindling, it gets things started. And the question is, what words have you spoken about yourself or have you taken or have taken you in the direction that you want to go? Let me give you an example. If I get up in a situation in the, in the day and age in, in which we live and, and I go, you know what? I will fear no evil for God is with me. His word and his spirit, they comfort me. I'm gonna, there's not, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I begin to speak these things in my life, they're not my words, they're God's words. So they're not vain or pie in the sky. And, and that says a whole lot about where I'm going. I have another alternative that I can go, man, I, I, I am such an idiot. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Remember that one? Bloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Oh, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. The theology of hee-haw, yet it still haunts us, doesn't it? Some of you are going, he what? My words direct my life. Your words direct your life. Again, that's exactly what God's Word says. I didn't write it. I didn't come up with it. I don't know if I agree with that. Take it up with James. Email James at jamesathotmail.com. Don't email me. Don't talk to me. He wrote it, but I'm telling you what he says here. It's that this thing called the tongue will guide and direct your life. Notice, it's not the externals. It's the internals. It's not the things that are outside. It's what's inside. It's that navigational system in my life that says, here, this tongue is like a, like a personal navigational system. And I begin to speak things in faith, things God's word, not my word. Things are not as though they are, and they become sight. I, I begin to walk in this thing called faith in Jesus Christ, and I become an overcomer, not because of me, but because of him. And see, some of you, you've grown up in situations where you were told you were stupid, you were incompetent, you could never do anything. And you've bought into that lie. Why? Because someone said it. They didn't have a diagram. They didn't have some diagnostic test to show that, hey, see, you really are stupid. We've got a chart to prove it. Nobody did that. You just heard someone say that and you went, oh, I must be stupid. I'm stupid. Hi. What's your name? I mean, that's what we do. Why? Because someone said it. A coach said it. A teacher said it. A parent said it. Somebody in anger said it. They lashed out. They made some kind of a stupid comment. They made some kind of a, of a stupid remark. And all of a sudden, we embody it. And then guess what? We walk around going, I'm stupid. I must be stupid. I'm stupid. My kids are stupid because I, they're, I'm their parent. And if I'm stupid, they're stupid. Their stupid genes came from me. Their stupid genes went to them. Their kids are going to be stupid. Have you ever met somebody like that? Right? And you go, how'd you get that way? Because you're stupid? No. You're just ignorant of the Word of God. And ignorance and stupidity are two totally different things. God can't fix stupid, but he can help ignorance. Now put that in your pipe and toke it for a while. I'm telling you. And what you need to do is see yourself according to God's word and not according to man's image. Listen to me. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. God knows the number of hairs on your head. God has a future and a plan for you. 
No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He will give you the desires of his heart, of your heart. And if you will but seek first his kingdom, he will let all these things in this life come unto you. Which story do you want to believe? You're stupid or you're blessed? You're an overcomer or you're you're a a born loser? What, What do you want to believe? Well, the Bible says I have a choice and I can believe the report of the Lord. That I can take God's word and I can hide it in my heart. And because here's the deal is you're going to put your faith in somebody. You're going to trust somebody. Somebody's going to speak something into your life. And you're going to buy it somewhere internally. Because we're not just physically or emotional beings. We are spiritual beings. And we connect on a much more uh, internal level and intrinsic level than what we do externally. And James is saying, look, just like this small rudder of this ship... Just like a small spark can, 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 can start a, a, a forest fire. The power of the tongue to set direction in your life is incredibly powerful. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And there's someone here tonight, and I'm, I'm not trying to be super spiritual with you. I'm not a warm, fuzzy kind of a guy. But you are here, and you've been told that you are stupid and that you are dumb and that you will never make it. And I'm telling you, that's a lie from the very pit of hell. That is not God's word. It doesn't hold any theological water. And, 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 and if you'll just but open your ears tonight and hear what God's word says, it will set you on the right path. And you'll be able to speak those things in your life and see those things come to pass because you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. You can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. And when you're weak, he is strong. And that he will bless you. And he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you, even until the end of the world. That he is your hope and he is your salvation. He is your savior and your soon coming king. And that he is the hope and the glory of our life and he has a plan he has a purpose for your life and for your business and for your family and for your marriage and for your kids and for your home see based on our words based on your words where are you going in life based on what you say where are you going Based on what you say, how is your job going? Based on what you say, how is your economical outlook of life going? Based on your words, how are your kids doing? Based on your words, how's your marriage doing? Based on your words, what does your life look like? See, sometimes we just like to think, well, it just kind of happens. Just kind of happens. It's a brand new movie out this weekend with Matt Damon in it and... I won't ruin it for those of you that haven't gotten there yet. Some of you are going, don't tell me the end. Just things happen. That's how you want to live your life. Go on with your bad self. I believe that there is a man named Jesus Christ who was 100% God and 100% man. He's the son of the living God. And that if I will but put my trust in him, not as a crutch, But as he being the creator and I being the creation, if I walk in him and he walks in me, I will ask what I will and it will be done for me according to the Father in heaven. That's what his word says. And so I believe that my marriage is going to last. I believe that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ my Lord. I believe my kids are going to be winners. I believe my kids are going to serve God all the days of their life. I believe they're going to, that they're, that they're, they're going to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. That they're going to find a mate that will do the exact same thing. And they're going to do what God's put in their heart and their life. See, based on my words has a whole lot to do with where I go, with my life, with my business, and with things. And, and you go, but I just don't feel that. Well, guess what? I don't feel it either. There are some days. I look at my kids just like you look at yours and go, Lord, help me. <laughs> we got some work to do. 
take this belt off in the name of Jesus. No, I'm just teasing, but right? <laughs> there are some days my wife looks at me and just says, Lord, help him. Help him, Lord, help him. There are days that I've had to stand in faith and speak things that are not as though they are. Why? Because God put it in my heart way before I ever saw it. But my words, man, will determine my life. My words will determine my family. My words will determine my business. My words will determine my kids. My words will determine the power of life and death is in the tongue. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what it says. And the third component of this vehicle called the tongue is the powertrain. This is the engine. This is the, where everything happens. James chapter 3, verse 6, 7, and 8 says, The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among all the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Verse 7, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's restless evil full of deadly poison. The tongue is what gives your power to your life. The tongue is what powers your life. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And you, you, what, what your words speak summons up what's inside of you. And let me say this, and this is similar to what I just said, but it's, it's different. My words give the direction of my life, but the words also give power to my life. It either gives me strength for the journey or it adds fear. Words are powerful. If you don't think words aren't powerful, you watch when all of a sudden some news flash comes across, the, the, the scrolling across the bottom of a television screen on, on CNBC or Fox Business News or whatever your news, CNN, whatever it is that you watch, and all of a sudden there's a Middle East crisis. All of a sudden there's this. And then you watch at the exact same time what it does to the price of oil. You feel it. I feel it. Man, I filled up this week. Lord, help us all. And all of a sudden, all these talking heads, and they're all conjecturing, and nobody knows. And the back of one of those business minds that are on CNBC or Fox News or CNN or whatever you watch, all of a sudden, some Bible story comes into the back of one of their minds from the book of Revelation when they said there's going to come a day when this world will come to an end, and there will be a battle in Armageddon. And all of a sudden, it hits them. And immediately they start going to that and then somebody shoots to a commercial break because we don't want that to get out because that would be sheer panic and terror. What, because it's happened? No. But because somebody on a credible news network has spoken something that is not but is going to be into existence to enough people that have a Judeo-Christian background that all of a sudden it spins this world into orbit. And it happens in a matter of minutes. When everything happened two years ago with the bank crisis in America, all of a sudden they were not telling, the FDIC weren't telling what banks they were shutting down because they did not want to have people pull their money out because there was not enough money in the system to cover it. And it would have thrown us into an economic panic. We didn't know that, but now Bernanke tells us that's exactly what would have happened, the Fed chair. You see what I'm saying? There's power behind what you say. And when you stand up and when you begin to speak negative and fear and you emphasize that, it goes to the very core of who we are because there's something in us that just goes, it can't all be this good. It can't all be this right. There's got to be something that's, there's got to be another shoe that's going to drop. 
But there's something inside of us that wants to believe. We, we want Superman to come and here to save the day. We, we want the, the black knight of the night, Batman, to come into the, to the scene. We, there's something, there's some hero or heroine that's going to show up and is going to take everything. And, and there's got to be something. There's got to be more. There's got to be hope. And I'm telling you, the power of what you say will give strength to your life or will add fear to your life. The power of what you say will add strength to your kids or fear to your kids. The power of what you say will add strength to your business and your employees or will add fear to the business and employees. The power of what I say will strengthen you as a Christ follower or it will set fear and grip your heart. telling you. If I get up here and I start talking and I start drawing lines and I start making statements about end times and this and that and I throw a couple of news clips up, you will walk out of this room going, man, I'm going to go withdraw every dime I've got out of the bank. I'm going to freeze it in a a bread sack in the freezer just like my granny. She did, $10,000. I never understood why the woman wouldn't let me get the ice cream. Now I do. (laughs) And she was a child of the Depression and so she didn't trust banks. She didn't trust anything. And man, you'll be putting it back and buying gold and getting beans and rice in the basement and your kids will think you're nuts and storing up. Remember Y2K? Some of you are still eating rice and beans from Y2K. Remember? Did you have any hard facts? No, it was words. I remember, man, the church I was at, Y2K, the pastor said, we're going to have a prayer meeting tonight. Because if it's going to happen, we're all going to happen together. If the world's all going to crash, it's all going to be together. And I remember sitting there, looking at my watch, going, 10, 9, 8, 7. Sky's not falling. Is that a trumpet I hear? No, no, no. The Lord's not coming back. Right? Call Pizza Hut, they're still there. Life's on, baby. It's good, right? <laughs> Remember that? Your words add and strengthen to your life. And I want you to hear something. You hear so much negative in this world that we live in. God's word is true. It's, and, and God says of himself that he's not a man that he would lie. Cast All your cares upon him. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Matthew 6.33 is the truth. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you. His word is true and he says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging for bread. Doesn't mean that we won't have problems. Doesn't mean we won't have good days and bad days. But it does mean that we won't go it alone. It does mean that he'll be with us. It does mean that even what the enemy will try to use to harm us, God will take and use for our good. How does he do it? I have no clue. But his word says that he does. And from my own experience, based upon the word of God, it's true. I'm telling you, if the greatest thing I could tell you tonight is it's true. It's true. The word of God is true. And God does have a plan for your life. And God does have a future and a hope for your life. And when you put your trust in him, he's not going to let you down. And the fourth component of this vehicle called the tongue, James says, is the safety system. Whether it's a passive system, like seatbelt restraints, or or an active system like technology, like like some type of of a response system, it's the restraints in life. 
I'm going to read this for you, verse 9 through verse 18. With the tongue we praise the Lord, our God and Father, and we make it, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Now remember, he's speaking to Christ followers. So this is something that they're dealing with. Verse 11, can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? No. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Neither can, salt, can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by their good life, by the deeds done in, in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter and envy and selfish ambition in your hearts and do not boast about it or deny the truth, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, you find every disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure and then peace-loving and considerate and submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and sincere. For peacemakers who sow in peace shall reap a harvest of righteousness. James says the tongue provides a protection for my life. It's the safety mechanisms in my life. Out of the tongue comes the protection for my life. My words guard the entrance of my heart. The Bible says this, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. My mouth, my tongue is my guard. And when I guard my mouth, when I guard my words, when I guard my response, I am guarding my heart. I am not speaking things that I'm not going to live or believe. And I'm not going to speak things that get into my heart. I'm not going to allow that to happen in my life. See, because what happens is I have the ability to say things and say things and say things. And it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. And all of a sudden, you're never, you're never a winner. You're a loser. And you go, see, I just told you I'm a loser. No, you, you have said that over and over and over that you have began to believe it. And as a man purposes in his heart, so is he. Where does that start? With your mouth. Again, it goes right back to the very first part of our conversation tonight. About someone said something of you. You're stupid or you're a loser or you're, or you're not this or you're not that or you're not strong enough or you're not fast enough or you're not good enough. <laughs> what does it take to be a critic? An opinion. Not even a good one at that, right? My granddaddy used to say everybody's, everybody's uh, opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got a couple and they usually stink. <laughs> doesn't take a degree. doesn't take anything. It's just someone with an opinion. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that will tell you things can't be done. But run with the runners and swim with the swimmers and lead with the leaders and leave the losers behind. Leave the naysayers behind. See, is your tongue creating envy and self-ambition and, and, and every disorder and evil practice according to verse 14, 15, 16, and 18? Or is it producing peace and love and considerate, uh, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit and impartial and sincere? What, what are you creating with your mouth? What, what are the words? What are the environment? What's the things that you're saying? Again, I'm not trying to be pie in the sky, but I'm saying we set these environments for our kids. When we, when, when, when we call our, our daughters princesses and we call our sons champs and, and we set this up and we encourage them and we build them up and, and we protect them. When, when, when we look at our spouse and we say, man, you're the most beautiful woman in the world to me and, and, you're, and you're the most handsome guy in the world and, and, and we know you're lying, but it feels good, doesn't it? 
and, uh, you know, and, and just speaking those things and setting that tone in your home and in the deal, walking into your, with your employees and going, man, you guys are such winners. I know we had a bad, you know, last quarter, but I'm telling you, I feel it's happening. It's going to turn. It's going to whatever. And you did this or you did that. Great job. Great job. Whatever you have to do. And I'm not talking about being Pollyanna. I think you have to be realistic with things. But setting a context, setting an environment by the words that we speak, and, and getting and, and, and on, on a biblical basis and putting those things out there and then guarding those things so I don't let things come out of my mouth that I'm going to regret and that I'm going to have to deal with later. What kind of environment does your tongue create in your home, in your life, with your friends? Are you talking negative all the time? Is it just down all the time? Is everything down all the time? Is it just rah, rah, rah all the time? Or is it life-filled? Is it hope-filled? See, what does your tongue say about you? Is it positive and hope-filled and life-giving? Or is it negative and death-drenched and dream-killing and destructive? Because ultimately, you get to choose that. And that's what James is saying. Look, Christ followers, make sure you understand that what you say counts. That when you start lighting into someone, it makes a difference. When you start roasting and having the pastor for lunch because you didn't like what he preached last week, it makes a difference. When you become critical of every ministry in the church, it makes a difference. When you start talking to other people and making statements to other people about what you think about them and their spirituality and blah, 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 and you become the self-proclaimed expert on stuff, it makes a difference. When you begin to smile, when you begin to give hope, when you begin to support, when you begin to encourage, when you begin to bless, it gives a difference. It makes a difference. Try it sometimes. Just smile at people. Just smile. If you don't have any teeth, just smile. It's better than not, right? You know what I'm saying? Right? Just smile. You ever looked at how many people just don't smile? You ever walked around seeing how many people just don't say hello? It's funny to me. I walk around people before the service, and some of you I did this before today. This is a lot of fun for me. I'm just going to tell on myself. It's fun because you don't know who I am. You think I'm this overzealous 25-year-old. I'm actually 39. Thank you very much. I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> and you're like, who is this guy going, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? And he's got a, is it a hearing deal? What's the deal? I don't know what the deal is. Great. And all of a sudden, until I walk out here and you go, whoa, Margaret, that's the pastor. <laughs> I told you to be nice to him. <laughs> and then after the service, oh, great message. Yeah. Some of you are going, oh my goodness, right now I gotta leave. I want to end with this. My personal prayer for me when it comes to the power of what I say is this Psalm 19, verse 13 and 14. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer.